ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right, so I was walking down the street, or maybe up the street, depending on your perspective, and then I saw Brian, and he was on the phone, and I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I took out my phone. <laughs> it was like missed calls, missed messages. And he's just like, did you see me? And then you pulled out your phone? And I was just like, yes. Yeah, I don't really understand. Doesn't your phone have, like, vibrate? I showed you how I have my phone set up. It's just I don't red. Think that like, I don't should... know what that means. I don't think that should matter. I think it should right, just... Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't have any sensitivity due to my many years of, <laughs> of uh, Krav Maga training, specifically on my left thigh. I have never trained in Krav Maga. <laughs> I don't know if, if you knew that. <laughs> I, I suspected. Yeah? I so suspected. That... So anyway, it's Top 8 Magic. Well, Brandon Marshall, Michael J. Flores. Then we were walking back down the street, again, depending on your perspective. Yeah. I was just like, hey, do you want to have the best cup of coffee of your entire life? <laughs> There's this weird store. <laughs> and it's been here for years, and it was a men's outfitter. So it's the kind of store that, like, has vintage Playboys out, but you're not supposed to buy or touch them. Or How'd you them. find that out? What? How'd you find that out? I never actually walked into oh, the store. Okay. I just saw them, like, okay. through the window. Um, but it was just like, I know one person who bought a shirt from this place, right? But, like, I'd never been in there. And they just decided, like, in the last three or so weeks to put up a coffee bar. And they make literally the best coffee I've ever had. Can confirm this. <laughs> like, this is fantastic. It's unbelievable. This, like, random little... It was like a... Sh- I don't know what... The- what did you call the coffee when you ordered it? A nitro? Nitro cold brew. I got a nitro cold brew with, with macadamia. I didn't even know there was such a thing as macadamia milk before I went there, by the way. And Brian just got it black, which is still fine. It's delicious. Oh, it comes out tan, even though it's, quote, black, yeah. right? It's got, like, kind of like a foam to it. Yeah, it's like course. Guinness. It's yeah. the Guinness of coffee. Yeah. It comes out of a tap. Yeah. Right? Like a keg yeah, or something. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Right? But, like, I think even if that store turned over every item in the store... Yeah? Like... They couldn't pay what? rent, They right? could not pay rent. Yeah, it's... So a- I'm pretty sure it's just a money laundering front. So, here's the thing. I, so like, it's a perfect money laundering So, it's front, like two right? or three weeks ago, they started, they put it in the coffee. Right? They had never had it before. It's been there for years, this store, right? So, I, I, I'm like, oh, I go in here, like, basically every day, at least once a day to get a coffee, maybe twice or whatever. They, they have, like, a loyalty program. So, I joined the loyalty program. I was officially the first person to join it. But the next day I walked in, there's no computer for the loyalty program. Alternate so, theory. Yeah. <laughs> they are trying to gather your information. There may be, like, some kind of, like, MI6 cell. Yeah. And uh, so they're just they, trying to find out everything about you. They've attracted me with my favorite thing, which is coffee. Coffee right? and Playboys. They're like, coffee, coffee and Playboys. Coffee and Playboys, right? <laughs> but when they tried with the Playboys, they weren't successful. Like, oh. <laughs> Maybe coffee will get it. And then, like, now they have my phone number. Yeah. They probably cloned your phone. I've seen these shows. I know how this yeah. works. So... I'm, I, they're probably I, listening to us right now. We're probably po- this is a popular someone's, podcast. Someone's gonna, this is a, of course they don't, need, they don't even need to listen to it on the podcast. They have it right now. They cloned your damn phone, so they're listening right now. We're gonna get like poked in the leg with an umbrella and die of some sort of retrovirus. They're super, probably tonight. They're super smart. So if we die, I wouldn't even be able to feel it, as evidenced by the non <laughs> non vibration on my left thigh of my phone. Jeez, they're so smart. Yeah. No, I'm I'm pretty sure. Like, if you're gonna launder money. Right, like, would you want to launder money through some, like, kind of, like, grungy dollar store that looks like no one goes in there and that you just go, ow, they're probably laundering money. 
or would you rather go to like some beardo hipster store where like you're like how do they make money and you're like ah oh, they probably sell a lot of stuff online but does the beardo hipster store have like really fabulous coffee because <laughs> I would choose that one yeah it's like the girl who was making this coffee she's like every time I pour one of these I just I just want to drink one <laughs> because it's really good it re- it's really it really is very good like stop a coffee um uh what do you uh what oh. do you, what do you think about the new set Brian so so the big thing today was the reveal of melt this this new mechanic melt what was the name of that kid who I can't remember his name right now who I always play mental magic with Noah Melnick no it was like a kid I don't know Whenever he was losing, he would just, like, play a card and just say Meld. Oh, yeah. I don't remember What was that, that kid's was. name? I don't remember that kid's name, but I do remember him saying He's like, Meld. meld. Now they've actually got a Meld. What, what do you think of Meld? I think it's really, like... I, I mean, I, I think, you know, Magic's been around for 20 years. The design space is crowded, right? It's, it's hard to come up with new ideas. Uh, I think this could be an interesting new idea. Um... I, I personally, I don't mechanically like flip cards very much, sure. so uh, I'm like a little biased against it to begin with, but um, some of these cards seem really cool, right? Yeah, I, I get the feeling that this is a mechanic not necessarily aimed at the, the tournament match. Well, it's, like, it's like obviously it, not a limited mechanic, like right? These are lands, like mythic rares. Yeah, if it right? lands there, that's great, right? Like, I mean, I gotta tell you, it'd be pretty cool to see Hanwear the Writhing Township in play at Pro Tour well, okay. Eldritch Moon. To be clear, let's talk about Hanwear the Writhing Township. Both of the cards that make up this card are awesome. Sure. Right? Okay, so... So Hanwear Battlements is a is land. a land. So it's a land. It's also rare land, okay? It comes into play untapped or tapped? Untapped. Untapped. Oh, well, there you go. Does it damage you when you tap it for no, mana? No, it taps for colorless, and it which might for, be useful. It taps for a color, being colorless, right? Yeah. And then it has an additional two abilities. Yeah, red, right? uh, tap, target, tap, red and tap, target creature, gains haste until end of turn, so fires of Yavamaya E. Yeah, so it's kind plus of like, two mana to give something haste ever, right? Which is, that's a fine ability on a card that has no cost. Right. Right, there's zero yeah. cost yeah, so on this, this card. This card is... Okay. Uh, I mean, you're certainly going to play this card in limited if you had it, right? Like. I mean, like, we've been talking, you know, about, like, oh, we heard different ideas, right? You play, like, a base red deck, or you want to get some colorless so that you can activate, um, you know, Profane Prince, for example, or... You know, there's all, all kinds of incentives to colorless. People people just play rando just color. Just sideboard reality smashers. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Reali- or like Thought Not Seers or whatever your jam is in like yeah. a red deck or a red-white deck with... Actually Thought Not right Seers and then being able to give them haste in the middle. That's sweet. <laughs> right? Or like Matter Reshapers, any of that yeah, jazz, yeah. right? Or I don't know. How about like Thundermaw Hellkites, right? Like sure. what about Goblin Dark Dwellers? A Goblin Dark Dweller that actually just also has haste to the guy can't be blocked already, right? That's right. actually sweet. Yeah, yeah. Right? So like what if you flash back an exquisite firecraft with goblin dark dwellers and then swing with it? But you might have just killed them. That's eight damage, right? That's hard to block and four of it's uncounterable, can't be prevented. This is a good card. Right. Like, if it didn't have a meld ability, you might be like, oh. Sam Black would probably play it in Modern, right? He's played cards like this in Modern, right? That are way more difficult to set up than this, right? So, just to begin with, I think this this card has text. Right. Okay. So then it has 3RR, 
if you both own and control Hanweir battlements and a creature named Hanweir Garrison, exile them and meld them into Hanweir the Writhing Township. All right, so now let's look at the other card. The other card is... Yeah, pause. <laughs> it's a Garrison. completely different card now, different piece of cardboard. This is also a rare. Okay. Hanweir Garrison, 2R, and it's a 2-3. So, so it's, it is our mascot. It is the, the, the a Hurloon Minotaur. It's a Hurloon Minotaur. It's a Hur Hurloon Garrison. Hanweir Minotaur. Yeah. Hurloon Garrison. Two, three for three. Uh, whenever, but this one has some text. Whenever Hanweir Garrison attacks, put two one-one red human creature tokens onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. This is an awesome card, also. Yeah, this card's actually pretty awesome. Like it's bigger than Gob uh, than uh, Goblin Rabble Master defensively, right? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's a little bit different, right? Goblin Rabble Master just starts spitting guys out, right? And then, you know, doesn't doesn't necessarily have to endanger itself to to generate tokens in the long run, or at least you know. But this guy, like. On the second turn, he has the same number of tokens as, as Goblin Rabble Master, and then after that turn, it's more and more tokens than Goblin Rabble Master ever made. And what are they, human creatures? Yeah, they're humans. So. Humans are hot now. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, humans actually have a thing that gets it done these days, you know? So, um, I, I think these are both playable cards, even if they didn't have a meld ability. Right. All right. And, in fact, and in fact, you know, you could use Hanware Battlements to get this Hanware Garrison. You know, you might not have time to both cast the Hanware Garrison and activate your meld, but you can give so it a Let's just say for sake, sake of argument, you've got five mana. You yeah. go, like, four mana, Hanware Garrison, like, R-tap Han Hanware Battlements, right? Just yeah. in for four. Right. Boom, boom. Yeah. And then that's... If you don't like, you might have some sort of combat buffs on attackers or something. I don't know what you got going on, but like that's always just, watching in play. It maybe that would actually be sick. <laughs> but you're just in there, right? So that but they do melt. So Handweir Garrison has the ability three RR. Oh, that's yeah. a pricey ability. So yeah, it's three RR and tap, so it's six mana. Yeah. But I mean, but again, we've already seen the profane but it's like, prince. Yeah, it's like six reverso though, right? Do harder, Pro harder work. Profane right? prince, you like flip and then you untap the profane prince. Yeah, yeah. So. This one is uh, if you uh, if you both own and control Hanwer Battlements and creature named Hanwer Garrison, uh, exile them and then meld them into Hanwer the Writhing Township. Now this is something like out of Kaijudo here, which they actually I don't know read. what Kaijudo, Kaijudo is. Kaijudo is a Wizards of the Coast owned um, children's game in you know younger skewing game in Japan. It's like Duel Masters became Kaijudo. Duel Masters in Japan. It was Kaijudo here. It's, it's another card game that Wizards does, and they have mechanics like this. Mark talked about it a little bit in his article. But Henry the Writhing Township. So this is two cards. It looks like big, big BFM. Do you remember BFM? Yeah, from I remember. Ugly? So this looks like that. Big, quote-unquote, furry monster. Like the big friendly giant movie yeah. coming out. Yeah. I, think that, I think they might have thought about that when they made the card. Yeah. Uh, so Henry the Writhing Township. Trample Haste, 7-6... Whenever Hanwear the Writhing Township attacks, put two, three, two colorless Eldrazi horror creature tokens onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. So this thing is 13 points of attacker. With haste. With haste. Wait, so when you tap the Hanwear Battlements to flip, is it an untapped melded creature? You tap the land to get them there, right? Well, it says exile and transform into this. So when you unexile it, does that you mean know. it's untapped? I don't know what. I believe the creature is not is melded into play untapped. Okay, 
That's what I'm asking. Yes. So this is a Gigundo guy. So you could do stuff like do it after combat if you wanted to have a 7-4 guy in defense. It's a thing you could do. Sure. I would never do that, though. <laughs> I don't understand why you would do that. Um, Actually, so, what if you were going to die? Maybe you would do it then. So, I mean, I don't even know if you, you fully just can appreciate how weird this is going to look if this ever happens. Like, on camera, you know, all these magic cards, which are pretty tiny. And then this kind of double like I, I told you, card. I'm not a big fan of, like, the flip cards as it is. <laughs> it's going to look goober. <laughs> and I'm going to get confused on tapping it. Like, I don't like this idea at all. Like, I don't like flipping Nissa. <laughs> it's just, like, in one sleeve. It's two sleeves worth of flipping. I played against somebody at Friday Night Magic last week who played with the the black Nissa. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, like, the green, the green highlighted one. You have yeah. a set of that, right? I do, I do. That's just showing off. That's just bragging if you're playing. And then he unflipped it, right? <laughs> or flipped it. Flipped it, unflipped it. He had to unflip it between games, right? That's just bragging. I have I have one of the Jaces in one of my decks. Really? In like a, but like in a I commander have Jace, deck. I have Jace Memory Depth in my commander deck, yeah. But. No, Jace Vryn's Prodigy. No, I have Jace Memory. I have the previous one. Oh, okay. there's There's three of them now, right? Really? Yeah. I was impressed. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, meld your face. This is a powerful card, I think. So people, there was a lot. I, I felt like there was a lot of um, harumphing about this card today on social what media. What is harumphing? People just kind of grumpy about it. People seem to, seem to like it. likes anything. No, this is a fact. But I'm just saying people were stating that this was one of the things that was in the subset. was a subset of everything. Example. Well, Jason Friends Prodigy is obviously not very good. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, right? Yeah. Like, like, people are just like, this card isn't very good. For some reason, I listened to them instead of buying every Jace Fringe Prodigy available on the internet for $5, which right. I could have done at one yeah, point, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so next time, everyone doesn't like something. I think both both halves, or flips, or whatever the heck you want, both both driving components of Hand Where the Writhing Township are both good in my they're both playable magic yeah. cards in and of themselves. Absolutely. Like, I mean, there are there are worse, certainly worse lands that make colorless mana that get played regularly. Like, I don't know, Battlefield Forge <laughs> in a black white deck. <laughs> like the leading version of black white has two Battlefield Forges in it, so you could just take damage to tap for your white sometimes. Right? Am I yeah. right about this? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> At some point, I think you got to be like, what's the land I like? A uh, crumbling vestige? Yeah. I think people should crumbling vestige. That land is good. It's actually one of the best designed cards I've ever I, lo- seen. I love the design. The design is so wonderful. Because you, you get the mana when it comes into play. Yeah, so if you cool. need the white that yeah, turn, cool. and then it's a colorless land. And it's colorless forever. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I think that this is cool. I think melding things is cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's good. Cool. Are there other meld cards we can yeah, discuss? Yeah, there, there are. There are. I gotta. Do you want to just talk about um, all of the mechanical stuff first? Like, because all the mechanics of we can go back and look for for the other cards. But right now, I mean, we could talk about the mechanics of uh, Eldritch Moon, which we're all sort of which were all revealed today. Okay. So. so there's meld. So there's meld. So then there's emerge. So the card that they used to, to, to illustrate Emerge was Wretched Griff, which is a 3-4 flying 
Eldrazi Hippogriff for seven mana. Just seven. And uh, when it comes into play, when you cast Wretched Griff, draw a card. So, uh, Emerge says... So, for example, Wretched Griff... So, if Griff, I were just going to cast this... If you were just going to cast I was going to pay seven mana. You're going to pay seven mana. For a 3-4 three, flying three, four flyer, draw, draw a card, card when you cast it. That, so, not when it comes into play, when Correct. I cast it. Correct, when you it. cast it. So... Basically, we're talking like Morphling slash Psychotog levels of performance in standard, right? <laughs> now, it has a... So, no? So, no. What would I get for seven mana in standard? Come on. Ooh. Dragon Lord Atarka. World Break. Oh, wait. That's not going in the direction that I was trying to go with this yeah. at all. Yeah. So, now, this has Emerge. Okay. So, Emerge is... For the cost, emerge cost on this is five U. So now this is a, this is actually pretty. Uh, it feels a little complicated. You can cast a spell by sacrificing a creature and paying the emerge cost reduced by that creature's converted mana cost. So if I were actually going to sacrifice a world breaker to make my wretched griff, I would just pay you. Yes. Okay. If I were going to sacrifice, let's say, an oblivion sower. I would just pay you. Correct. Right. If I were going to sacrifice a Dragonlord Atarka, I would just pay you. Correct. So all of this gets very cheap if you have expensive cards. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so I mean, it's actually Emerge is kind of exciting with Worldbreaker because one of the big problems with Worldbreaker is, is actually it back, getting yeah. it into your yard because sometimes you just want to cast it multiple times in a game. Well, yeah, sometimes. That happens often. <laughs> but getting it into the yard, yeah. getting it where you can get People it back. People just take is, a hit because yeah. they're like, I guess it's better to take a hit from this Gigundo Eldrazi than to... Let them get it back. Um, I don't think that this is probably going to be the most tournament viable version of an Emerge card. Right. Just a guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's kind of cool, though. Uh, now, I think the, the ability... What if I sacrificed, like, a, I don't know, a 12-12 Hangerback Walker to cast that card? It would still cost six. Or... It would still cost six. Damn it! <laughs> But my guy's 12. It should be a 24, man. But a sweet a sweet use. I would get like 100 creatures. Yeah. Uh, so um, the other the other mechanic that was revealed today was Escalate. I like this one. I do too. I feel like Escalate has the... I mean, I don't... You know, again, I've only, I've only seen this one card. The, the, the thing about Escalation to me as a concept reminds me of like the early episodes of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Do you ever wonder like, hey... When they're getting attacked by these rando putties, why don't they just summon their gigantic robot and squish them? They're not allowed to escalate conflict. Only, like, they're just regular kids when they're getting attacked. But, like, if the putties summon a monster, then they can, like, morph, right? But then only if the monster grows can they summon their giant robot. Because right. they can't escalate a conflict. It's, a, it's one of the rules. O along with not using their powers for their own benefit. Yeah. So, so Escalate is a, a mechanic that lets you... I'm just ignoring, because I, I never watch many more for Power Rangers. If you want to talk Voltron, I can Voltron you. watch the you. new Voltron? I yet? haven't watched it yet. Um, I can I've Voltron watched the, i watched now. the entire new Voltron, obviously. Yeah. If you want to Star Blazers, and I know you don't Star Blazers. I, I, I tried to Star Blazers. It's too dated for me. Look, I, I was, I'm a little bit younger than you and Becker, so when that was on TV, I probably would have been super my jam, right? Yeah. But I was more of a Battle of the Planets kid at that. Battle of the Planets and Star Blazers are the same time. Neg. Yes. Neg. Dude, like, Star Blazers is regular people on a boat, okay? In space. Ba okay, in space, granted. And not only regular people, also robots, but Battle whatever. of the Planets is just, like, it's, like, the first, at least American, implementation of, like, the five-guy team kind of, like, 
Voltron, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers kind of esque thing, but they don't have robots yet, right? They have just they have this like vehicles, right? Star Star Blazers uh, and Battle of the Planets both predate Macross. Well, yeah. Well, Macross is like it's five years later in America. It's Robotech, right? Yeah, Macross yeah, Saga, yeah. Robotech, but like, which is also people on a boat, but then they also have robots, right? <laughs> but then like you have you have things like Voltron, like Voltron vehicle, Voltron people in vehicles that can become a robot, right? Like these things are becoming more and more combined. But Starblaze is just regular people on a boat, basically. It's like Macross without the Veritex. Right. And let's be honest, I'm mostly interested in the Veritex and Linman May. Were you more of a Linman May or more of a Lisa Hayes? You don't you don't know the names of the girls on Robotech. Okay, Linman May is she, okay. First of all, they're all Japanese. I, I, right? I watched I watched it as Macross. Okay, well I watched it as both. Um, and it was a long time ago. Okay, they're I don't all remember. Japanese, right? Yeah. But Linman May is Chinese, right? But I guess like some of them look Caucasian. But I guess a big deal. She was Chinese. She was the pop singer. Okay. Right. Sure. Like Rick, Rick's like original love. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, escalating. <laughs> so you Mar- haven't watched the new Voltron yet? I haven't watched it yet. Joaquim Dos Santos is the is the guy behind it. Legend of Korra guy. Oh, neat. Yeah. So like he's uh, he made his chops. As, I still uh, watch Legends of Korra. Are you kidding? No. This will stop this stupid podcast and go watch Legends of Korra. It's the only it's the only animated thing I think is on the same level as Young Justice, okay. in my opinion. Okay. They're the only things on the same level as each other. So spoilers: Voltron is not as good as Legends of Korra, <laughs> but it's still okay. And at least they're making things that are pretty good instead of things that are all yeah. garbage. Sorry, I was busy watching Agent of Shield season three. Okay, I've not watched any Agent of Shield. Agent of Shield season three. I hate Agent. I hate it. Like I. You hate watch Agent of Shield. I, I hate watch the first two seasons of Agent of Shield. Okay. And then when I put out See, I my I just sort didn't of, watch it. So when I put out my listing of shows, superhero shows yeah. this year, everyone's like, What about Agent of Shield? And I was like, I didn't watch it. And yeah. Randy was one of the, the big proponents for it. And he's like, Look, it's actually really good this year. So like I had like Should I I've watched like so one I, or two episodes. So I watched just... it. Season three was great. So Season three was super, super good. The one girl who's a hacker they made into Daisy Johnson, right? Yeah. Uh, who's like, in the comic books, she was like the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Was there S.H.I.E.L.D. in this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. But isn't S.H.I.E.L.D. gone in the cinematic universe? Yes, but you have to watch it. They, 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 they're, they're sort of like a Black Ops S.H.I.E.L.D. now that is like the remnants of S.H.I.E.L.D. But like, even in like the movies now, right, like the Avengers are just like, Stark's pet team, right? They're not S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliated or anything. I don't know. Yeah, no, the Avengers are not S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliated. But they used to be S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliated, right? Before Captain America Winter Soldier? Yeah, yeah. But it's pretty good? Yeah. There's Inhumans, right? That's the... Yeah, yeah. Is there Black Bolt? Uh, not not as of yet, but... What kind of Inhumans they've got? Oh, I guess Daisy Johnson is an Inhuman. Yeah, yeah. But she's not even an Inhuman in the comic book. Yeah, but she is in the book. I don't know. I think she might be a mutant in the comic book. You can't say mutant. Yeah, no, they're they're, 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 Ixnay on the (laughs) Utenay. Wait, was Utenay on uh, Robotech? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Escalate. We we haven't even said anything about Escalate. We we really need a mechanic. If there's ever a mechanic called Digress, we need that preview card. (laughs) Blake Rasmussen, write that down. If there's ever a mechanic called... Every every spoiled digress card. Us. We'll never, we won't talk about it, though. We'll... <laughs> <laughs> well, no, of course we wouldn't. 
Uh, so Borrowed Malevolence is the is the card that they uh, use to illustrate the Escalade mechanic. It's B uh, for an instant, and it's choose one or both. Uh, target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. Um, so if you pay just the mana cost, you choose one of the modes. If you pay the mana cost plus the Escalate cost, you can add a mode and get both modes. So Escalate 2. Uh, so it could cost B it costs or B, 3. So B would give you either my plus 1, plus 1, or minus 1, minus 1. For B, which is an, an instant speed. is like not a bad deal. Right. Uh, it's like a kind of like a Dark Blast or a mini yeah, Surge of Strength kind of thing. But for B2, for B and 2 Colorless, uh, you can... Well, not two colors specifically, two generic. Sorry. Yeah, B two. Uh, you can you can do both. Yeah, so this is more of a limited card, I think. Yeah, because like, awesome. when would you ever want a plus one plus one and minus one minus one and construct? <laughs> you, you would. I mean, I could see playing this card because you just because you wanted a cheap minus one minus one. But I mean, I think that I would probably dead weight before I played this card. To, to me, this is the the mechanic that is the most likely to have a card that. It's going to make a big impact in construction. Oh, yeah. It's just like a wear tear, right? Like, this yeah. is, like, basically just a different implementation of wear tear. Yeah. Right? Where wear tear is, like, uh, what is it? R1, destroy, target, right, So, what if, target crypt, what if Cryptic Command had Escalate? Like, it was Cryptic Command, right? Yeah. It had all four abilities. But it had Escalate. But it had Escalate. What, starts as U, 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 1? Or, it or starts... maybe it just starts as U, U, U. Okay, well, yeah. What if it starts out as U, 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 but it's Escalate 1 instead of Escalate 2? That's just the greatest card ever, right? It's just... It's better than... That's the card I'm looking for in this set. I mean, not necessarily Cryptic Command, but something that is well, yeah, like that at, exciting. At three, you're, like, canceling, right? Which is... That's perfectly fine. Like, you're a little mad that you didn't get to... to, dis, to What is it? Dismiss them? Yeah. But then, like, at four, it's dismissed. But at four, it's dismissed. And then, like, at, at some point, it's just, like... It's, is it actually just comparably costed into the Royal? Like, that's actually... Its modes is the same as, like, a card that was really good. And then, what's the other thing? Pick up a thing, counter a thing. And then tap everything. Tap everything. Yeah, I don't even know what you would cost that at. Spend. Probably you, you, you won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, I think you're right. I think that like, as some sort of awesome cryptic escalation. Like, maybe it just, like, starts off as coffee. So, like, for B, it's just coffee. But then, like, for additional two, you get, like, the nitro thing. <laughs> then, like, you get your choice of milks. Right? And then, like, but if you, like, escalate at maximum... Then you get like a vintage Playboy and like maybe a knit scarf. <laughs> that's just my imagination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, so um, I think that's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. I, I I mean that's certainly a mechanic also that in limited. Oh, I think be, that that's in particular going to be limited. It's going to be amazing. All right, so then they you know double face cards remain in the. This set. card is sweet. I love this card. Cryptolith Fragment, three mana for a uh, artifact that comes into the battle, enters the battlefield tapped. And it has the ability to tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Each player loses one life. What a bad card, right? Like, because you're like, it's a mana accelerator, comes into play tap, so it's like a worn power stone that doesn't tap for really two. Really worn. It's really worn. But and it, it's sharp. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really sharp. It cuts everybody. Like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, who wants to play with this card? Like, maybe in, like, mono red, right? Like, like you want to go from, like, three to five and cast a Goblin Dark Dweller? You've never had a chance to put something in the graveyard if that's the, yeah. the thing that you're going to do, which is, like, really kind of stinky. But then... At the beginning of your upkeep, if each player has 10 or less life, 
So each player, it's a pretty yeah. pretty steep bar to. It's tough if you're fighting against like a pulse of the fields based deck. <laughs> they have the ability to gain life. Uh, transform Cryptolith Fragment, and then it transforms into Aurora of Emrakul, which is a one-four flying Death Touch Eldrazi Reflection. And uh, whenever Aurora of Emrakul attacks, each opponent loses three life. So it's basically a 4-4 flying on attacks. Yeah. But, like, it's a 1-4 defense kill anything. Yeah. Flying. Yeah. I think it's really cool when it's flipped. Yeah, it's sweet. And it's sweet. It's kind of a cool card. I don't know if... I don't... You know. I think it'll be a playable card because, like, I think I... I think I can imagine wanting to do the front half. <laughs> right? Like... Like... Like, I can imagine situations where I'm like... It's kind of interesting that it doesn't I, make... Oh, I guess any color includes making colorless, right? No. Oh, it does it? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Colors is not technically a color. We just say it's color yeah, for yeah, the yeah. purpose of... Your mana base stinks. Colorless is a color. Like, so, it's a color from that perspective, but not from the perspective yeah, yeah. of being blue or black. So, um, so, so double space card. Madness is also in the set. Um, the, the card that they use to illustrate that is Chilling Grasp to you for an instant tap up to two target creatures those creatures don't untap during their controller's next untap step and then it's just Madness 3 you that card will not be played heavily and constructed no. this card on the other hand Delirium also returning mechanic G for a 1-1 one, one. Gnarlwood Dryad it has several syllables that you like Gnarl and Wood <laughs> <laughs> Gnarlwood Dryad so it's G for a 1-1 one, one. it has Death Touch and then Delirium, Gnarlwood Dryad gets plus two, plus two, as long as there are four more card types among cards in your graveyard. So this this has the ability to be a wild like a the cattle. So here's the thing. Like, a 1-1 one, one Death Touch is actually not horrible. Like, I think there are a lot of decks over the history of Mankind that would have been happy to, like, sideboard this card to slow down opponent, the key attackers. Like, imagine you're playing against a deck that has, like, awesome creatures but not very much removal. Like, this is actually really good against that kind of a deck, right? Where you're just like, they're like, awesome guy that costs like four or five mana. But like, I'm not like a removal heavy deck. And we're like, all right, one mana, one, one death touch, block, right? And they're like, shoot, I guess you get to draw a card or something now, right? Um, but then it could be like on offense, it could be a wild in the cattle. And you know, delirium is a little tricky to set up and construct it, but people do it, right? Like you do it with death cult, cult, cult is death cult, cult, death, death cap cultivator. You can do it with that. I've I've delirium that. Is delirium tougher to get than threshold? Yes. By how much? A lot. Okay. First of all, if you have threshold, like we played threshold decks, we just played a bunch of cards that put cards in your graveyard, right? right. Like just play fetch, like you just play like a green blue deck and just play like eight off color fetch lands that could just get basics. No big deal, right? Right. Um and then you just play like mental notes and careful studies or whatever. It's just like you just draw any two or three of those things in combination, you have threshold, right? Oftentimes the cards are replacing themselves or giving you some kind of advantage, like a madness outlet. Delirium, like, first of all, because it's it's predicated on variety, you have like you're just less and less likely to be able to have a, a consistent source of it. Like what if your only way to get land into the graveyard is evolving wilds? You just don't draw evolving wilds, right? Right. Right? Like, that's, yeah. Like, you know, we're speculating on different kinds of, not delirium, but setting up different types of cards into the graveyard for purpose of getting, um, you know, the new Emrakul into play, right? Like, 
getting enchantment into play, unless you're in this case playing from beyond is a is a thing that you would specifically do. But let's say you weren't playing from beyond, right? Or you didn't draw from beyond. Enchantment's a tough thing to get in the graveyard. Like you could dead weight into the graveyard. Vessel of nascency is going to see play. I think one of the main. Mark my words. One of the main ways to get enchantment into the graveyard for the new Emrakul is just going to be drawing two Oath of Nissas. And the second Oath of Nissa bins the first one. And I actually you don't like you don't like Vessel of Nascency. I think Vessel of Nascency might. I think that the I think that card's good. I, I think that card's fine. Like especially if that is if that's a if that's something that you want to do if you want card types in your graveyard, which you do. Yeah. Uh, then that's gonna be that's gonna I be mean, huge. I, I think for enchantment from beyond is gonna skyrocket in value. Okay. Right. Because I love from beyond. Well, I know you do. I right. Do. So. First of all, it's pretty comparable to... That card's really been a sleeper. Yeah, it's, 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 it's comparable to Explosive Vegetation, right? Yeah. For cost. But then, like, you actually get the ability to sacrifice and tutor, which, sure. you know, it's a thing that you might want to do. And, it, I mean, there's other ways you can do it, right? Nahiri, which I guess Nahiri was built to do this, right? Because in the story, Nahiri is the... She's the one who summons Emrakul, right? Yeah. So this makes sense. But she's actually binning different cards for you. So you could choose what you're going to discard right, right, to right. get different card types to get Emrakul. And then she's eventually going to find Emrakul for you. Even if she doesn't go ultimate to get the Emrakul, you're just going to draw cards and get into your Emrakul. She's just like rummaging around in her bag and she's like, uh, nope, enchantment. Or, nope. Oh, Eldrazi. Is Nahiri, oh. is Nahiri the Stoneforge mystic or is she of the same race or something? She's like throwing batter skulls away. And she's <laughs> like, I don't want this Umazawa's Jide. Um, so let's talk about some of the other cards okay. that have been, have been revealed. Uh, Coax from the Blind Eternities. So this is basically a combo of Living Wish, Cunning Wish for Eldrazi. Yeah. Right? So to it's you, the cost of Cunning Wish, the a crappier effect than Living Wish. Sorcery speed. Yeah. Uh, you may choose an Eldrazi card you own from outside the game or in exile. Reveal that card and put it in here. Are there Eldrazi that aren't creatures? Like, are there, are there, is there an Eldrazi land? I actually, I, I don't know. I think there might be Eldrazi things, like maybe Eldrazi Instance or something. I think there might be. Well, I mean, I guess there are Eldrazi Instance. Like, Nameless Inversion is an Eldrazi Instant. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, that you know, sounds Tarfire awesome. is an Eldrazi. <laughs> well, yeah, Whatever, that's right? actually interesting. No, no, Tarfire was... Goblin. It's tribal. It was tribal. Well, they're both... Well, I think they're I both... Remember. I think those are both Eldrazi. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a thing. Thought, thoughts on Cokes? Uh, I think it's going to be played, but like maybe an outside player. That's my uh, that's my guess. Like I don't think it's going to be like heavily played. What I do think is interesting about the card is that, like, let's say you're playing like uh, Emrakul strategy. You've got like Ulamog, like some sort of key card in your deck, and then the opponent gets you with an infinite uh, uh, infinite obliteration or like. Um, transgress the minds you for your good card you could just like cast this card and get it back it's like actually a thing yeah so yeah or like I mean they could just be playing with like I don't know silk wrappers like say somebody like say you, you go so Emrakul's the next card right yeah so um, read off Emrakul and then I'll tell you the idea so Emrakul I just Emrakul just crashed Safari for me not surprising Emrakul's a 13 cost creature, right? Yes. 13, 13 creature. But it has the ability, you can reduce cost 
by one for each card type in your graveyard. So if you have like land in your graveyard, enchantment in your graveyard, for each one, it's a little bit less. So uh, the cool thing about this card is, even in standard, this card's likely to only cost like, I don't know, eight, maybe seven. Seven? Yeah. I don't know. Seven's, a, seven's actually quite a bit. Too. You gotta get pretty lucky, yeah, right? But yeah, even if it's, it's 10, you're getting a little bit more than you get from an Ulamog, which is about right. that much mana, right? So, and then it has the ability, basically, it's 13-13, protection from instance, okay? Um, and then... Uh, when you cast Emrakul, you gain control of target opponent during that player's next turn. After that turn, that player takes an extra turn, flying trample protection. Yeah, so it's protection from instance, so, but one card that you could play against it might be Stasis Snare, right? So Stasis Snare is an instant speed card, but not itself an instant, yeah, yeah. right? So the, the reason that you want to have protection from instance on Emrakul is because if you're going to spend 13 mana or the equivalent on like some insane creature, just having somebody like blast it at instant speed before you get to mind slaver them is dumb. Because <laughs> you're probably going to be tapped out more or less to, to get it anyway, right? Yeah. So, if, well, I mean, you just get you get the extra turn when you cast it. Sure. It doesn't matter. But like, let's say like I stasis snare you, and then you could just use coax from the blind eternities to get the guy back from exile. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing you could do. Yeah. I think this card will be heavily played and format warping. I think this is going to be one of the main things people do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, and I think, you know, probably a card you're going to see in multiple formats, right? Like, I think it's going to reach back. I mean, uh, we've seen it. We've seen Eldrazi reach back all the way. In Legacy, if you're like any of the big, big things that you do in Legacy to like get a monster into play, I still think either a traditional 15 Emrakul or a Grizzlebrand are both better than this, right? Sure. In Modern, I think probably the same is still true. I'm not sure. Um, the thing about, like, in Modern, though, or maybe in Legacy, but probably not Legacy, because you, you don't play fair in Legacy. Um, no, if you play fair in Legacy, your cards don't cost 13, all right? But if you're going to play in Modern, like, Tarmogoyfish strategies, you actually have a greater variety of ability to get things into the graveyard. For example, a Tarfire. For example, um, you know, there's just a greater preponderance of things that you can get into the graveyard, like fetch lands, right, um, are a free way to get lands into, play, into the graveyard much more easily than evolving wilds, you know. So, you know, if you're going to cast a six cast and cost Emrakul, maybe it's more likely. But apparently not snow, though. Snow is not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your hot take on Emrakul? I think it's going to be a warping card in standard. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that what... So, my prediction was, when I saw Soren Grim Nemesis, the black-white Soren, yeah. I was just like, oh, this card was, like, made for me. I love black-white. Mid-range <laughs> decks, all this card. But I didn't think that black-white would be good in standard, because I assumed that the ramp decks would hold it down. And that didn't happen because the ramp decks are bad against green-white, and I didn't anticipate green-white being so dominant. Right. But I think that if, like, green-white weren't holding the ramp decks down, no one would play black-white, because the ramp decks would just demolish black-white over and over again. You know, like the, we saw at the Pro Tour yeah. before Green-White was... I mean, I guess Ruben showed the world that Green-White was the best, but, like, that wasn't un, uniformly known yet. Right, right. And, like, you know, people were playing different kinds of ramp decks, whether they were playing the Pyromancer Goggle deck or they were playing, like, decks are trying to get Ulamog. Like, if that were, like, a, a former that wasn't predicated on, you know, Oath of Nyssa into weird casting cost Planeswalkers, like, oh, here's my off-color Chandra, right? Like, Rando, Avacyn's... And I think you'd see these like decks that were based on Dragonlord Atarka or or uh, Ulamog just completely like none of these like 
non-counterspell based mid-range decks would even be viable. That's right. the that's the thing. Like just a casting cost six planeswalker that you know gets some incremental advantage over the course of three turns is just not going to do it. However, if you can do any reasonable amount of damage to your opponent before turn six, i.e. seven points of damage, or like some combination of their mana base or whatever has gotten them down, you've always got a puncher's chance to win, right? Like, Soren flip, sometimes it's Embrical, and they take 13, right? So there's a lot of interesting things you could do using Soren, Nahiri, um, Mortuary Mire, Jace... Like, getting cards in and out of your hand, putting them back on top of your library to reveal. But I think that... So, in addition to ramping or... I'm just going to use Delirium for a proxy. Like, Delirium sure. sort of threshold-ish strategies around Emrakul. I actually think there will also be... I hate to say good stuff, just like good card decks. Like, cards that have Planeswalkers, cards... I mean, sorry, decks that have Planeswalkers, decks that have card drawing, that are just going to, like, move cards around. And Emrakul will be this card that, like... At a premium, we'll just be like... Has value in different zones. Yeah, like, it's just... You, you know, you'll be like, all right, tutor for this, discard it, put it back on top of my library, Soren. Right? Like, like I think that you'll see, like, Dark Petition for Emrakul, discard Emrakul, put Emrakul back on top of my library, reveal Emrakul with Soren in one turn. And people will be like, I guess I'm dead. Like, and then... The, yeah, but Or, like, similar thing with Nahiri, like, you know, ability to... Get Soren, attack with it, goes back into your hand, at which point you, like, you know, discard it, Ugh. Mortuary Mire it, and cast Soren the next turn. Yeah. And then, like, flip it up with Soren. Yeah. And, like, these are actually very difficult also, things to interact with. cast it and take the next turn. No, that's too boring. <laughs> that's, like, the boring person way to do it. Yeah, see, you know, that's it's funny. Like, I, I, I appreciate how good Emrakul is, but it's, like, one of those cards that kind of, like exhausts me a little bit it's like this this grindy kind of like you know i'm just gonna ultimately win with this card i don't think it's grindy at all this is like the most over the top card ever who cares if they get a card yes it is but i'm but i'm saying it's like you're just gonna grind it's like it's like an end game for the grind it's it's not the grind itself but it's the end game do you have you ever had the experience like playing extended because this isn't really something like in the when I say modern, I mean like the modern era slash the modern format that people would do, where you were mind slavered, but your cards were not powerful enough for the opponent to win. That's happened to me a lot, right? Sure. So like I was just playing like red green beatdown, and then they're like mind slaver me, and they're like, "All right, so you've got like a bunch of shocks and cur apes." They're like, "I she doesn't even kill your cur apes. Just shock it, right? Like, just shock yourself." And like, "All right," and then cast your Verdian Shaman. Okay, I guess it still kills one of my artifacts okay i don't cast a brilliant shot <laughs> like, like go i'm like yeah well that was like a lot of mana then you like used everything to get me with this thing and like, i don't know it's like would win a lot of matches this way where it's not my deck wasn't bad my deck was good yeah. it just wasn't powerful in the way that you would be destroyed by a mind slaver right which is not the same thing like if you're if you mind slaver a person who has powerful spells <laughs> Those spells directed in the wrong direction are, are bad. It's I want I want. But if they're slaver- mana screwed, for example, you can't even get them. Very I once mind slavered someone on turn two. Yeah. He un- so he untaps for his turn two. I take his turn. I play his second mountain. I play two chrome moxes or mox diamonds, yeah. whichever ones it were. I burning wish for the card that lets you sacrifice two mountains to yeah. destroy all artifacts, and basically left him with. Zero cards in hand and zero permanents. Did he come back and beat you? He did not. All right, well, that would have been a better story. But I'm just saying, 
Mind slavering. I've, I've been mind slavered many times. I'm just saying it's his own fault for lose. playing with good cards. Yeah, yeah. shouldn't have done it. Um. All right. The card that excites me a lot more is Ulrich. This excites you a, more a than Emperor. Yeah. I think this is a very good card. I want to attack. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to play creatures. I want to. I don't. So Ulrich of the Crawling Horn is a four-four creature, legendary human creature. Human werewolf. werewolf three RG. Yeah. And it has whenever this creature enters the battlefield or transforms, or transforms. into uh, Ulrich of the Crawling Horde. So if it flips back to yeah, you know it's uh, it's it's front side. Target creature gets plus four plus four until end of turn. At the beginning of each upkeep, if no spells are cast this turn, transform Ulrich of the Crawling Horde, and then Ulrich uncontested alpha is a six six. I think being contested is part of being alpha. Right, yeah. like if you're not if you're not backing it up, you know he backs it up. I mean, he's a six six. Whenever this creature transforms into uncontested alpha, you may have it fight target non werewolf non werewolf creature. creature. Like that doesn't even make any sense because if you want to keep your alpha status, don't you have to beat some werewolves? I think so. Apparently not. Yeah, this card's sweet. So this card is like pretty really good. I think like I think it's very comparable to Gar- Goblin Dark Dwellers, which is a which is a dominating card in standard right now. Just this like kind of like big mid rangey creature yeah, like that just gives you value. Five mana for value, and then it like actually has like this unending stream of value depending on how you <laughs> like it kills. Like, nobody beats a six six really right. Like only only if they have like an over the top creature like Emrakul. Right. right. Regular creatures don't beat a six six. What's the biggest thing that anyone plays in standard? A four four. Like Avacyn and Goblin Dark Dwellers are 4-4s. What's bigger than a 4-4? Sometimes people play a Gitrog monster. Most of the things are smaller than a 6-6, right? Like, Dragon Lords are smaller than a 6-6 on average. Right, so... Um, anyway, those are uh, those are our take on uh, a lot... Oh, do we have more cards? Well, yeah, so so there's another... another more previewed another uh, meld card today. Midnight Scavengers is a, uh, when Midnight Scavengers enter the battlefield, you may return target creature card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to your hand. It's five mana for a three, three, four and a black. And then there's Graph Rats, uh, one B for a two, one. Uh, At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you both own and control Graph Rats and a creature named Midnight Scavengers, exile them, then meld them into Chittering Host. So these are both commons. What's up? Graph Rats is a 2-1 creature for 1 and a B, which is, like, a reasonable card, right? right. I mean, not great card. Right. But, like, you could just fight or play with it, trade with it early, right. and then just get it back with Midnight, Midnight Scavengers. Scavengers. Absolutely. And then and then transform them into... Chitter- Chittering Host. So is Chittering Host a color... It's, it's not... It doesn't say that it's devoid, but is it... Devoid, basically. I mean, I guess it is. It doesn't have. It doesn't have a mana cost. It's just it doesn't have a color, wizard. so it's, it is by nature devoid, I guess. Yes. Uh, haste, menace. When chittering host enters the battlefield, other creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and gain menace until end of turn. It's a six. six. So if graph rats, I'm sorry, if uh, midnight scavengers for five gets back graph rats, you're pretty likely to have five six haste. On pretty turn good. six. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Common. This is very draftable, by the way. Yeah, you could get both sides. That's the best Mark could do. That's that's all he showed us for Meld. Uh, let's see what else he showed us. No, that's it. That's it. Really? Yeah. He usually takes glory cards for himself, doesn't he? <laughs> well, we saw the other card. All uh, right. You know, we saw we saw the 
and we are the writhing uh, township. All right, so that's as much as we're going to talk about Magic the Gathering. Now we're going to talk about okay. television. Okay, so, so, so just get you, off. Yeah, just stop. No complaints if, if you, you don't want to hear about television. Oh, wait, let's talk about basketball first. We did not talk about this yet. So we're going to talk about Derrick Rose? <laughs> why, are you, why are you unhappy? I mean, he's sort of like... Isn't he? I mean, I don't know. Is he better or worse than Jose Calderon? I, I, I don't even know. I think he's worse, personally. But <laughs> most people wouldn't agree with me. I mean, he was the 21st... According to Ted Knudsen, yeah. he was the 25th worst basketball player in basketball last year. I mean... Just statistically speaking... Um, I don't know. Yeah. You've had the worst player in basketball at Andre Varnani. Yeah. He was the worst. Well, he, and he, and he, yeah. Well, worst because he was bad or because, like, we don't have a draft pick this year. Well, no. He was or the, both. He was worse because his production was really, really bad. Yeah. And you played him a bunch of minutes, right? Yeah. So, like, if you just have the worst guy in the, on, in, the, in the league on your team, but he stays on the bench, he can't do much damage to you, right? Yeah. But you guys played a lot of barn minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, he's a, he's a, Former MVP, not four years ago, his MVP yeah. wasn't that long yeah. ago. Um, but I mean, he's he's he is not really shown himself to have. He doesn't look like he's returned to any kind of no. I don't. He never semblance was. of his of his previous. His self. entire game was predicated on this like lateral inc- quickness, incredible, unusually strong amount of athleticism. Yeah, right. Like. I wouldn't even say like LeBron James isn't isn't predicated on 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 this level of athleticism. He's just like a cyborg who also has like a bunch of skills. Like they're but they're players like without like their explosive step or something like they don't have much of it. Like Dwayne Wade would be a good example, right? Like he just doesn't he doesn't have the skills. Like Ginobili's really wily, so like yeah. even though he's old, he's still effective. So the, the the question is whether it's not whether or not he's better than Calderon, right? It's the question is whether or not. He's ultimately going to be better than Jaron Grant. Is that one of the guys you gave up? Yeah. Some child? Well, he was our he was our one of our draft picks last year. Yeah. He was like our second round draft pick. I didn't pick. hear anything about that guy. He's a point guard. He's he's Horace Grant's nephew. Oh well, Horace Grant's great. <laughs> but I mean, well, if you start off with a, a Hall of Fame caliber power forward and then like two generations later spit out a point guard, what happens? I don't know. So, but the, the question—that's the question to me. Like, we'll, we'll, you know, five years from now, we'll be just like, God, we had Jaron Grant, you know. You mean- and and by the way, the, the worst fear. So, like, obviously, like, the New York media is like all a buzz that somehow Kevin Durant's going to take a meeting with the Knicks, right? Like, I don't even think he's going to take a meeting, but whatever. You know, we're going to just end up signing Dwight Howard, right? Dwight Howard's a great player. <sighs> I mean, I in want- two thousand and ten. <laughs> Can you imagine that lineup? If you traveled Mello, back in time, Derek Rose and Dwayne Howard all 2010. 2010. Woo! Uh, you got like a 48 win team there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. This is this is the you, first you phase think, of you my. Think you get Amare back. This is the first. <laughs> I wish. This is the first phase of my next be where I am pessimistic. They would be some kind of 2010. They finally done it to me. It's some kind of 2010 team if you get Amare back. They finally done it to me. I mean, which of course means it's going to Derrick Rose is going to turn out to be awesome. Yeah. And Good. Just long enough for me to get back and pulled back in, and then he's going to snap away. I do not know what happened. I was actually a believer in the Knicks for a short window for for a while. Do you remember this? I was just like. Why don't they make some move? And I, I even said something along the lines of, I would be happy for Verajao if he could play on a contender because they were talking yeah. about bringing up. And you guys had, like, some good players when Lynn Sanity was going on. Oh, we might still get him, too. And then, like, but when you had Lynn Sanity and, um, 
and uh, Jason Kidd. Yeah. Remember, like, I was just like, oh, there, there's something going on. And Tyson Chandler's so good. That was, good. that was a good team. But, like, I don't know what happened. You just let it all slip away. I don't know. Let's talk about TV. Or do you want to talk about something else with basketball? Um. <laughs> so, so, in your lifetime, as a Cleveland fan, you yeah. have never had a championship. Did I ever tell you about There's, the moment that never, I gave up on the power of prayer? Never, I think I've told you this you've story. You never before. had if if you are a Cleveland fan yeah. and you were born after the year 1964, you've never seen a championship. I came back from one of your tournaments. I made top eight, one of your tournaments in Edison, New Jersey. I lost to Mikey P in the top eight. Came back on a Sunday night, right? Go into the cafe at school. It's the I it's the ninth inning. Indians are up in the last game of the World Series. <laughs> Is Jose Mesa on the mound? And I just, I, I just stood there dumbfounded as he gave up like three runs. <laughs> just like, what the hell just happened? I literally came back from one of. It was like you know back when you were yeah. you were running thousand dollar tournaments. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't remember ninety seven. Yeah. I think I was in San Francisco for that. that. For that event, I wasn't at that tournament. Oh, I believe you. I remember watching it. Really poorly run in your absence. Yeah, of course. They allowed Mikey P to win. So I have, I have a neighbor named Larry. Larry yeah. grew up in Cleveland. Yeah. He he's an he's he's an older gentleman, so he he has seen a championship. Yeah. But he was very young. Yeah. And uh, he is just you know this put upon Cleveland fan, right? Like he's just been like his whole life, and so like. He just wants a Cleveland championship, right? So he's very obviously very happy right now. But at that same game you're talking about, yeah. his wife, sweet, 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 sweet woman, has no interest in sports, no understanding of the the agony of being a sports fan. So he's just in his bedroom watching that game. And he's like, oh, my God, I don't believe it. You know, who am I going to call? You know, who of my old friends am I going to call? Cleveland's about to win the World Series. Yeah. yeah. And then just like didn't have just, to worry about just that. then he's just then his just guts are spilled out on the floor. He's just I mean he is like bereft. It is among the most painful moments in his life. And then his wife Marie Ellen walks in and she's like, "Oh honey, did your team lose?" You want to punch her at that moment, right? Like <laughs> he's like he's like I've never ever contemplated hitting my wife, divorce and or homicide. <laughs> yeah, but in that moment he's just like it was a test. So. Even for a short window, right? But it happened most years, right? Even when I was like just being a Spurs fan, because my team was completely unable to win games. Like in 2013, for example, when they were up like five points or whatever with like 10 seconds to go, I thought they were going to beat the Heat on their own floor. I would just get really sad. Not for maybe very long, but like for an hour or a day, or you just think about things. I once called up Paul Jordan after, I think, when the, when the Heat beat... The Spurs in 2013, I called up Paul Jordan. Paul Jordan loves magic, right? But I, it's hard to say what he loves better between magic and the Yankees. And I was just like, what's it like to have a team that always wins, right? It's actually, it's actually changed your life. You know, because he's such a Yankees fan. I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who walks around with a Cleveland jersey. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And so, my, not my whole, I mean, it's not fair to say my whole life, but I. I I've been, like, off and on, starting around 1992, a fairly fanatical Cavaliers fan, right? Yeah. For the past 
24 years of my yeah. life or so, right? Including, you know, now the second LeBron James. Or, you know, I've watched them lose the finals last year, you know, the, all this stuff. And so my wife, like Larry's wife, is not really interested in my sports fans. She made me not be in the house when Game 7 is playing, right? Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so I watched it at a Cavs bar off the Union Square, which I didn't know there was such things as a Cavs bar in New York City. So there are a shocking number of super good-looking Cavs fans. <laughs> all these girls with, like, you know, uh, Delonte West jersey and a bra. <laughs> That's where I'm just like, it is either too small or too big, you know? And it's like, I don't know. This is a, a bar full of this. And I'm just surrounded by everyone who is high-fiving each other every time we score and, like, screaming, like, fuck you, Curry, <laughs> on every on every defensive play, right? I'm just like, I've never experienced this before, yeah, right? Yeah. And even living in Cleveland, I was watching home or I'd go to a game, right? It's, it's not... It's not the same thing as watching it at a bar. Or I guess it's like a restaurant, right, that has a lot of screens. And, and they're up by like... You can still, by the way, turn off the podcast right now if you're not interested in non-magic content. We're not going back to magic so, content. There's like, whatever, like 20 seconds to go and they're up by four. And there's and there's just no realistic way they can lose the game from this position, right? Like, Golden State's going to have to foul. Yeah. Right? But it, there's just not enough points, right? right like, right, there's yeah. not enough time. And like... It hasn't even dawned on me. Because, like, if you said this to me, like, in in rational step away, I'd be like, they've already won the title. It just hasn't, Bell hasn't run. Yeah, yeah. Right? They can't win. Gold State can't win. There's, yeah. They can't stop the clock, right? Right. Like, the Cleveland's just going to run at the clock or get fouled. They only, you know, there's too many points. Like, three points they'd be able to, but four points is insurmountable. Yeah. Like, you need, you like, know? a Larry Johnson four-point yeah. play or but something. You, that just, isn't even they're just, possible. They yeah. just put Shumpert in, and they're just like, don't don't give them a foul on, you know, on three. You know? So, I'm watching this, and then the buzzer goes off, and LeBron is just, like, on the ground crying, and, like, everyone is going insane. I am covered in beer and stinking. All of a sudden, I'm stinking of reefer and covered in beer. All at once, people are going insane in this bar, okay? And the thing that struck me more than anything, of course I was happy, like, don't get me wrong. But I thought that I would be a commensurate amount happier as I was sad all of those times. (laughs) Like, any, pick any one time when they, like, when they let me down, right? Yeah. I thought I'd be that happy. You thought you'd get absolute value. Yeah, for a second. And I didn't. I was like, my life hasn't changed at all, right? They got lucky. Curry had an off game. Draymond took himself out. If they played this, if this was a hundred game series instead of a seven game series, probably wouldn't have won. I mean, I'm happy, I guess, but like my life didn't change at all. That's the thing. I thought my life would change somehow. Like I thought I would feel a different way. I thought I would think about things a different way. And I was just like, cool. Like my phone was like, Patrick Sullivan was like, bam, bam, bam. I couldn't talk to him because it was too loud. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like my dad, like people were all calling me like to congratulate me. Peace Sully was the first person to call me. Though. Right, right. And like, like I, like my Twitter feed and like my tech, like Lan was just like, you know, everyone was like texting me and, but like me, like my own emotional state, I almost didn't change. Right. Which is because I'm sure I would have been heartbroken if it were the other direction. Right, 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 right. right. That's the thing that I, I just, I think there's I think there's a window. I mean, have what? you seen a Mets World Series? Yeah. So, like, did you feel like I did? So but I did. But I was really young, right? It was like that. W- I was, like, I went to the world. I went to the parade. I high fived, you know, 
you know, my, you know, non-Dwight Gooden Matt players, because Dwight Gooden wasn't there. He was on a cocaine bender. But, like... But, like, Worth and Cedric, for example, were beside themselves crying happy, right? Yeah. I didn't experience anything yeah, like that. And also, I'm a fanatical Cavs fan. Sure. But, I mean, I like, think... You're you're a little more maybe a little more distance from the Cle- being a Clevelander. You've identified more as a New Yorker. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I a think, New Yorker. I think I think there's. I'm not a Cleveland fan. I just like the Cavs. I, but I th- I'm saying I think like we're about to get poured on. By the way, you said we weren't going to get rained I, on. I, I believed I, you. I, it's either that or there's a lot of pooping birds. I I'm don't know. Not moving. <laughs> not moving. It's like when you're at the draft table. Uh, yeah. No. I think I think there's a window like where probably. It's a, it's a combination of things where, you know, you have to really identify as, you know, with, with a, a community. And I think also you probably, you probably like would have been a different experience. Like if you would watch that with a handful of people that you knew. Oh, no, no. Like I was there. Like my sister was there. Oh, oh, like, okay. My, I don't know, oh, my okay. friend Jeff. Oh, okay. Up, you made yeah. it sound like you were just sitting no, no, there I by yourself. No, okay. I wasn't like, oh, was, okay. like, I was among people I knew. Yeah. Like, and then like from my, my sister had a bunch of friends from Cleveland like, who happened to be in town. Like, maybe, they were there, like who I knew them. Like, I think people who are a lot less invested, like, like I watched the game with a bunch of guys from the coverage team in a bar and we were all just like, holy shit, this is a game. Like if on our deathbed, someone's like, what was the best game you saw? It was a hell of a game. Right? Like, because like, we all went to the 22 lead changes? Like, we, like, we, all went to the, we all went to watch the game and we were like, oh, you know, like, no one was super invested one way or the other. Like, I mean, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you know, you kind of want to see LeBron finish this. Like, somehow he had morphed into the hero and Curry had morphed into, like, a minor hero for LeBron and a minor villain for Curry. Like, they'd sort of shifted poles. I think LeBron is, like, full-on superhero of the NBA now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he never was in the first yeah. time and everyone hated him in Miami. Yeah. But... Uh, and we were all we were all just like just I just want a good game right like because like all the games all game. the games had been so lopsided to that point right yeah. for the most part like they'd been like these just kind of blowouts in one direction or the other so we were like oh please just let it be a great game and it was a great it was game. just a great game right so you know? it's it's funny because like the next day John said why didn't I write anything on Fetchland and like now maybe I I, I, I kind of like I stopped writing playoff stuff because I was just like. I don't want to jinx it. Like the Cavs are doing so well, and I'm like, I, I, I this is a ridiculous thought. I would never have these thoughts in regular life, right? Like when people talk about things, like whoa. But I, I, it's like, I, I, I brought this thing up once where this is the thing that's super annoying to me. I'm gonna want to step on some people's toes, but they're like, when something bad happens or when people are sick, people talk about like thoughts and prayers. Like, yeah, yeah. it's one thing, it's like, A, they're super ineffectual when you're actually trying to change something that's happening in the real world. But B, I don't know if you know this, but like, uh, there's Harvard actually did a study like 10 years ago. People who are prayed for do like two standard deviations worse in the hospital than people who are not prayed for. So there are a lot of reasons that you might be able to extrapolate from this. But I, I once presented that data and then the whole audience was like, well, if this is true, maybe God is angry because he's being asked for help. And I'm like, this is just not. <laughs> this is not that's the correct just, reaction. That's to not this how you data, parse that right? data. Like, why would he do this? And we're like, oh boy. <laughs> so maybe it's like people who are prayed for, like they're worse off to begin with, right? And then sure. like it's a self-selecting sure. pop. But that wasn't the direction on this, yeah. you know. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So it was great. I guess now I'm less like. Oh, are they going to be able to sustain this? Like, they're going to, like, oh, uh, what about Kevin Love? Like, I really want to transform Kevin Love into Kevin Durant somehow. <laughs> That's the thing I want. I mean, like, I mean, he's, he, I mean, 
it sounds like there's like some serious momentum about him going to the to the Gold, to Golden State somehow. I mean, that would be a very difficult team to defeat. Yes. Him on the Spurs is also a very difficult. Yeah, team that's also that's also where there's a lot of momentum, and and yeah, you know, a lot of momentum behind him not going to the Knicks. <laughs> I mean, some people are, saying, but I didn't really. Understand I think the this. team. I think the team that for him to go to, like if he went to the Celtics. Like that seems really why? Because he can just coast into the conference finals against LeBron and then lose badly. Maybe that team can't beat the Cavs. Really? Why not? Because they've got an actual coach. They do. (laughs) You know the Cavs don't really have a coach. They have LeBron. (laughs) Was good enough this year. I mean they. I mean, here's the thing. People talk about Golden State being like maybe the greatest and team obviously, ever. Obviously, like, if the Celtics are going to get Durant, or if the Knicks were to get, or any team in the East were to get Durant, like, you know, obviously a bunch of other parts would also just suddenly align themselves, right? Well, I, I want... At I, veteran minimums and, well, you and know, all that kind of stuff. I think the Cavs, right now, anyway, the Cavs are going to have no problem attracting key veterans, right? Sure. Like So yeah. they got Sean Marion last year. This year they got... Richard Jefferson played wonderfully this year. I was yeah, really yeah. happy for his, his his contribution. So I think right now LeBron is somehow over the course of three three or four games has reestablished himself in everyone's mind as the preeminent player in the world, right? right. Like now it's like, oh, well, we were kidding about Curry being good. Right? Like LeBron is actually the best and has always been the best. We were wrong. Like that's kind of how people are talking right now. He, he had a hell of a series. Oh, by, by but, the way, just before anyone yeah. offers that correction, Durant's obviously just going to re-sign with the Thunder. You think? Yeah, he's going to sign a two-year deal, opt out after one year, and just make insane money next year when the cap goes up again. But this Oladipo for Ibaka trade is strange to me. Why would you trade for a shooting guard when you have, like, a star-caliber big? I mean, Ibaka's like... I mean, he wasn't that good this year, but he's, like, been very good in previous years. Anyway... Uh, I think that's enough basketball for now. Yeah. Let's talk about Game of Thrones and other shows. So you finished watching Banshee, finally. I did. I did, but I don't want to talk about that. You I want to talk about Game of Thrones? I want to talk about Game of Thrones. All right. So first of all, uh, it was... Best episode or bestest episode? Uh, it was a ride doing these recaps. So, so Brian did a recap, and then I did a bunch of recaps. We never recapped Game of Thrones before. The first thing we ever wrote like about TV, though, we did the one about the Walk of Shame last year. We each wrote one, you remember? For oh, Fresh yeah, Land? yeah, yeah. It was the first thing we ever did. Um, but... Uh, I I think the door is the best episode still. This is a heck of an episode. I think like it's interesting. They closed so you know they closed so many chapters for you. That's what I loved about well, it. This was the most certainly the most satisfying episode. It's really satisfying. Like and I think as a book reader, like yeah. also getting like so many like things tied off. Spoilers. I mean, if you don't want to hear Game of Thrones spoilers, turn off the damn podcast. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, so we're we're confirming. Jon Snow as Rhaegar and Lyanna Stark's child, right. right? So, but it's not over. I, that's the thing. Like, what if... I mean, it could be something. I, you know... What if Mira is Jon Snow's twin sister? And Howland took one and Ned took one. Interesting. Mira's like right there next to Bran. Yeah. Interesting. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but, uh... Yeah, I mean, so here, here's my thesis. I think Arya Stark is the most powerful person in the world. Okay. So. I think it's Lyanna Mormont, but whatever. So, um, Lyanna Mormont is hella decisive. <laughs> I'll tell you that. 
She, she's the most powerful 11-year-old. She's the most powerful tween. Like, every time she's on camera, like, they show Get her. Get out even, of the way. I'm just like, I start clapping. Yeah. I'm, like, so excited. I'm like, oh, we're going to get a Leanna Mormont scene. She's my favorite character. What's so the- interesting about the show to me <laughs> is somehow this show, which has had so much violence against women, right? From, like, just Dothraki taking over villages yeah. and, like, you know, nonstop, like, exploitation of women's bodies for shots and everything. Rape storylines has transformed into a story about feminist leadership. Look at what's going on in Westeros. <laughs> oh, sure. Dorne... The Reach, King's Landing, are all are all led by women now. The most powerful women in the world are either Danny or Arya, right? And then you have a question: Is Sansa going to rule the entire North? That's actually a question being sure. asked. Lyanna Mormont is the most decisive leader on the planet. <laughs> like this is somehow transformed from whose boobs are we going to see this week to like let the grown women have a discussion, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Which is which is amazing. I, I, I like, and the men are like stepping aside. Like, well, do you want to be my mistress? Like, or like Yara Greyjoy, right? Like, Theon's just like, yeah, I don't really want to be king. <laughs> Yara should be king, you know? Like, and but it's everywhere, right? Right? Like, or you have this, like, the phrase like whatever preeminent family of the Riverlands or whatever. This teenage girl like murders the head of the murders their entire succession line as far as I can tell by herself, you know, and it's just like it has somehow transformed so completely. Um All right, they, so so here's here's a question for me. How does Arya have the ability to uh take faces on still? I think she like completed the training, right? Okay. But then she so well, so she completed the training because Jack and Hagar says to her, finally, you're no one. And she's like, actually, I'm Arya Stark. Right. And that, so, I guess, like, it'd be like, so I'll give you an example. When I was in my early 20s, I really wanted to date this girl who was an Orthodox Jew. Right. Which is like, yo, I only date Jewish guys, right? So I was just like, what if I told you that I would convert and I meant it? Which she, I mean, she's like, yeah, probably. Like, just tell my parents, whatever. I'm like, all right. What if I'm telling you right now that I'm going to say that, but I don't mean it? She's like, dude, you can't do that. <laughs> now I'm for sure not going to date you, right? I think it's like one of those. She was just like, yeah, yeah, no one. Many faced God, yeah. So she like, but then she gets like all the workbooks and she's like doing all the, like, these are like the many faced God math problems that you got to do to go through many faced God assassin school. And she's done. And she's like, all right, you're no one. And she's like, just kidding. Do you think Hashim Bello does like many faced God test prep? Probably. <laughs> you're like Danny O has just got like a, a many faced God like primer that you would take online. Um, but yeah, I think she she went through all the training, right? She, right. Okay. She beat. Well, I don't know. So, Waif was actually maybe not like a great assassin, but like she could use the faces. Right. Right. So, um, I think like Arya was just paying attention. She understands how to take the faces, and she. Do you think drinking the milk or whatever, and then not dying, makes it so that she can use the ability? Because she has the. She clearly has the ability now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, but it wasn't clear. So, so like that was pretty hard to surprise me in a TV show. Yeah. And I was pretty surprised that that turned out to be Arya because I just didn't think she had oh, that ability. I knew it was Arya because like when she, I was just like this is 
because they had too many scenes for like the for three episodes consecutive. They're just putting Walter Frey in front of you. Like, remember that time I was an asshole to the Stark family? <laughs> oh, here's a storyline no one thought about for three years, but here I am. Three consecutive episodes, really powerful. Retook River Run. You know, like they were just set. Because he's like a loser, right. right? He's setting him up for a fall, and he just has this like very philosophical exp- extended speech with Ooh, with Jamie fans about the <laughs> uh, about you know the nature of combat and the nature of power right and I'm just like this guy is gonna get something handed to him right and so um, I, I, I kind of knew Arya was gonna was, was gonna be there and also I had read something like where uh, uh, Maisie Williams and uh, what's Sansa's name in real life I don't um, remember Sophie Sophie Turner and Maisie Williams like hung out together and then like we're like giving spoiler-esque things be like Arya is in more scenes than you know like, <laughs> they'd be like a girl is you know oh, some okay. kind of stuff and you're like so you know that there's like some okay. Arya setup going on um, but anyway I think she's like the most powerful individual because the the limiting factor on on the faceless men is that like they don't get to have their own agenda Right, so they they have whatever agenda the many-faced God has based on, like hiring faceless men through the church, right? Like, that's like the only way that faceless men get to use their abilities. So the fact that Arya is like the, a fully powerful faceless man, with, but she can retain her own agenda, right, um, is significant, right? And uh, the the other thing, which I don't know if the the TV producers will go through this, but. My guess is that she will reunite with Nymeria next season. They're both in the Riverlands right now. And Arya is a powerful warg. So the reason that that Brynden the Blackfish got away was that Nymeria sent hundreds of wolves to, to allow Brynden the Blackfish to get away from the Frey soldiers after the Red Wedding. So, like, now that Arya's in the Riverlands, like, yeah. she, like, might have, like, so she's, like, She's not just, like, a regular warg. Like, Bran... I mean, I guess Bran is, like, the Three-Eyed Raven or whatever, but... Um, but, like, she's a warg in, in command of hundreds of wolves, and she's a many-faced god, you know, faceless man assassin. And she has her own agenda that she can retain, so... Um, Could she just take over the Riverlands? So, here's here's my thinking, right? If you look at, like, the key families and the key the key areas in, in Westeros, right... You have the Lannisters, who their primary allegiances at the at the prior to this episode, or prior to like maybe midway through this season, were the Boltons, who were lords of the North under the Lannisters, right? And the Freys, right? I think that it's just gonna revert to the Tullys, because the Freys appear to be dead to me. Right, right? yeah, yeah. Right, so they're like Edmure's in the dungeon or whatever, like she's gonna Oh right, she'll she she'll let she'll him. She'll just pop him. She'll or let whatever, him out, right? yeah, yeah. Right? Because like you know, the, so the Tully, oh yeah, that makes sense. The Tullys took River Run a minute ago. It's just Edmure's cowardice that made it so that the Freys right. could have it back. <clears throat> so, which means that the Tullys will just immediately declare for for Jon Snow, right? right. I think that's what's going to happen. So, if you look at just geographically, they have the North, and people. I think TV watchers don't necessarily know this. The North, being one of the seven kingdoms, one of the kingdoms is the North. The North is larger than the other six kingdoms put together. It's kind of like Brooklyn. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jon Snow has all of those. The Night's Watch and the Free Folk are all are all allegiance to, to Jon Snow. In addition, he has the Vale, and then presumably the Riverlands, and I think presumably the remnants of House Baratheon, because 
Onion Knight was Hand of House Baratheon. Oh, and yeah. he just declared for Jon Snow. So does that mean that Jon can rally can rally the remnants of oh, House Baratheon? Because the Lannisters lost their last Baratheon. I mean, he wasn't even a Baratheon, right? Right. But they had one Baratheon left, and he died. Right. A Baratheon. Yeah. So, like, you got to figure, like, Air all quotes. these, like, Eddard, you know, Eddard Baratheon or whatever, whoever's chilling out in the storm's end, those guys have no allegiance to the Lannisters. Right, right. Right? In theory, I think, like... Are they ever going to bring... They're never going to bring uh, Baratheon's bastard back, right? Like he's oh, just, Gendry? Gendry. He's just, he's just written off the show. I don't know. Like, you know, all the rowing memes, but he's never coming back. I right? don't know. Like with his bull hat or whatever. Yeah, I mean, but he means... So, so that's He's not, got the best claim, right? Well, it depends who you think what, what claim, right? I think the interesting thing is, I think that if it's the case that Jon is Rhaegar and Lyanna's child... That Sansa has a better claim to King of the North than John, but John has a better claim to the Iron Throne than yes. Danny. So, which is really interesting, right? I, I mean, again, the Targaryens like a little incest. Yeah. Oh, John no. and John and Danny make a pretty good couple by Targaryen standards. Yeah. So, I mean, what happens when like Arya or Bran starts warging into Drogon? That's the <laughs> <laughs> like. Be like, oh, I don't like him. Dracarys. They're like, sorry, mom. <laughs> What? Why are you not burning him? You're like, I work for Brandon Stark. <laughs> like, that's, I think, going to be the, the kind of stuff that we're going to see next season. So so he's got, like, the whole North, which is, like, the Manderleys and the Glovers. They, and all, they also have a whole, you White know, Walkers White fight. Walker thing to deal with. Yeah, those guys still have to get past the wall, right? And the... Whatever, there's sixty knights there left or something. Not, not very many, right? But he has, he, but he has, he has, he has them. Essentially, the errands. I actually think that, 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 that the Onion Knight declaring for John means that John gets gets uh, the remnants of of House Baratheon, which is a powerful house, right? We just right. haven't seen them on camera since you know they burned Shireen to death. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. uh, but then, yeah, where 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 have they been? Right, that's Stannis well, they got pissed army. at Stannis and left. Right. Right, that's why Stannis lost, right? So Stannis thought he was going to beat the Boltons, but then his army abandoned him because they burned Shireen to death. But those knights still exist, right? Sure. So, um, and, you know, the Baratheons and the Starks are longtime allies, right? So uh, they, there was talk, like, Ned could have sat the Iron Throne, but he saved it for, for Robert, right? right. So, Because uh, the Starks are just not always that smart. Right, so, but they were best friends, so he's yeah. like, oh, you can have it. I don't care, I just want to hang out in the North, right? I'll have two different sons who are going to be king in the north. Right? <laughs> so, so there's that, and then, you know, keeping keeping the the stormlands warm for Danny is like the Martell. I guess they're not the Martells. The the Sands, who are basically the Martells, right? The Martell bastards, uh, the Tyrells, and the Greyjoys, right? That's like eight families right? <laughs> between these two factions. And not counting all the minor lords that... Right. Because, like, you fi- got to figure Tully is going to declare for the Starks five minutes after whatever happens, like, in... I think I think when three dragons show up, people may reconsider some of their declarations. But, like, the Lannisters, they don't even have a... They don't even have a second family. Like... I mean, I mean, just... When, when Marjorie says that Cersei understood the consequences of her actions, did she understand that she would have been declaring war on House Tyrell? Like, Tyrell and Lannister are as strong as a faction together, right? They're the two richest families. Right. But, like, he, she was already going to go to war with Dorne, right? They just had a non-war in the Riverlands, I guess. 
But like, I don't, this is a stupid woman sitting in the Iron Throne right now. Yeah, but she's all, but she's stupid, but she's willing to go to great. She's willing to go the extra mile. I was thinking about this. So, so here's the here's the question. Someone, someone on Facebook, you yeah. know, I, I, I linked to your uh, to your recap, and someone was talking about Cersei. And Cersei had that prediction from the the from, Woods Witch from, from the Woods Witch, which was that all her kids would die, and that she would die seeing the face of her of her brother. Right? Yeah. Or whatever. Does that mean Arya is gonna kill? Like, to me, that's, like, one of those very specifically, like, O. Henry worded oh, kind yeah. of, like, you know, monkey's paw. I mean, Cersei's at the top of, the Arya's, of brother, Arya's like, okay. death list. So right? Arya kills Jamie and then takes, she, the face. takes the face and kills Cersei. Probably. That would be sweet. I mean, you know, it'd be even sweeter. What if it's just Tyrion? <laughs> I actually kind of cried a little when, when Danny made Tyrion hand to the queen. Yes, I was so excited about that. But, like, I didn't realize how callous Danny is. She's just like, uh, I guess Dario was okay. Like, Dario, like, loves her to his bones, you know? And but she, I mean, her whole life has been about this ascension. Like, she can't be distracted. She's a career woman. But she's not going to have any more children, right? The dragons are her children. Yeah. That's a, yeah. So she's just, like, she's going to flare out. She's yeah. just going to take the throne, and that's going to, yeah. like, you know, Targaryen she out. She has, to, she has to do, she... She has to serve her purpose. The thing, that, the thing that's bothersome to me is like I think that Stannis got a bad rap. Okay, obviously he's horrible, right? <laughs> he kills his own child, you know, well, all of it, right? But Stannis was this guy who was driven by duty. He was driven by this sure. thing he thought that was bigger than him. Yeah. Like Renly just wanted the throne. Okay. Sure. But he's just like I'm so much handsomer than Stannis. I should be the king, right? That's like that's just Renly's whole thinking, right? Yeah. Like, literally, I'm handsomer than Santa, so I should be the king. I'm popular, right? Like, those are those are the things going through his head. The, But Stannis is just like, I don't actually want to be the king, but it's my duty to be the king. I'm next in line, right? So I think Danny's got this thing. She's just like, but what's the point? She has no line. She's going to have no children. It's this, But it's what's sad. Well, no, she can, no, she can have, she, I mean, she might. I thought her womb was burned out when yeah, Mary yeah. Mazder did the magic yeah, to her. Yeah, I don't know. So, like, and then her, her only children would be the dragons. But the thing is that, what about, like, look, look at the Tyrells. Their whole line is going to be dead, right? Yeah. Mace died, and then Loras and Marjorie both died. I mean, like, the Martells, I, yeah. there's no one who has a Martell last name. Yeah. They're all bastards down there. Cool bastards, but, like, you know, yeah. there's the, no the, Martells. Blo- the, the whole scene of blowing up the sept was just... Ridiculous! Like as it's dawning on you, what's going on? I mean, you know what's super ironic to me? Jamie Lannister, for good or ill, right? The guy—he's the most, I think, conflicting character in the show. Sure. Right. Twenty years ago, sets aside like he does—he breaks every oath to do the right thing because this crazy person is going to detonate wildfire underneath the city. Yeah. So he kills him, and he gets a bad name for the rest of his life over this, right? Yeah. His girlfriend slash sister drops a hairpin. It's like, all right, I guess I'll detonate the wildfire caches. <laughs> Look, she's just awful. Yes. Like, Jamie has sacrificed ever. I mean, it's weird because he's so awful, but at the same time, he's noble in his own way. Like, he's so hard to read because he only likes Cersei. He hates everybody else, but he likes Brienne, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. I don't. All right. Here's a, here's a, here's a question for you. 
Because Starks always do something stupid, right? Not all the Starks. But 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 in general... The honorable Starks do. In general... But they, the pragmatic Starks are different. So Jon Snow not killing Melisandre. You think? Not killing her. No. He's like, ride south, get out of here. I don't want to see you again. She's... I think Melisandre is ultimately loyal to Jon, even if... I think that Melisandre is going to be one of these characters who comes back, helps Jon in his hour of need, and then dies. Okay. That's what I think is going to happen. Or... No, or, she's not. Why would she go rogue on him? I have no idea. He says Zora's eye to her. Her, her, her think about it. Melisandre is, like, worse than Stannis. Okay? She has the ability to convince herself of whatever she wants to convince herself of. Okay, this I, I've always thought that Melisandre has the worst rap of everybody who doesn't really deserve it. Imagine for a second, right, that it's reasonable to somebody to, like, shadow demon baby kill your brother, <laughs> murder a child in order to, like, make snow banks clear, right? Of all the people on the show, if there's anybody who is justified to be like, yo, God told me to do this. This is a, the God's ways are weird. This is actually the real path. Melisandre has the best claim, okay? Of anybody who's like, God works in mysterious ways, I think Melisandre's at the top of the list of people who could legitimately say something like this, which makes me feel like she's not nearly as bad as, as, uh, as we make her out to be. Because, you know, she's a child murderer and, you know, yeah, yeah. all this other disgusting stuff that she does, like, I don't know, screwing young princes and cutting b- blood off their penises to make shadow demons, whatever the heck she's doing. You know, but she's really, like, ultimately morally justified from her perspective in a way that other people aren't. Like, you know, maybe the Dothraki do awful things because they think the power gives them the ability to do that, which the world is, that's the sure. feedback that they're yeah. getting. God is giving her this feedback, right? She's like, like, look at how, like, look at look at Jonathan Price's character, right? The High Sparrow. Yeah. Like, I think he's a pretty conflicting character. A lot of the stuff he says makes sense to me, and at the same time, he's this like moralizing scumbag that I hate. <laughs> like, I just don't want to hear about oh, the gods, blah blah blah, this, and we have to humiliate people and cut holes in their head and all. This. So he's obviously a jerkwad, right? But a lot of the stuff he says makes sense if you're, like, a populist. Or, like, you know, he, he very clearly has a faith that's driving him. At, at some, yeah, yeah. He's not a hypocrite, right? You know, like, Grandmaster Picel is a hypocrite. Sure. Right? So, but he's not. He's just a fanatic, which is dangerous in a different way. She's like that, except for she's right, right? And she is provably right Wait, over and over again. When, by the way, when did the little birds become lethal killing machines? Because they work for Kyburn now. Right when they work for Varys, like Varys is Varys is uh, Willie G. My press, he has he's like he's like Varys is R two D two, like people <laughs> think he's the servant, but he's actually running the show. Right, R two D is my favorite Star Wars character. Yeah, yeah. I love R two D. He's like Varys is just Varys, like unflinchingly serves good. Every single thing Varys does, if he's doing it, it's actually the right thing to do. Right, Varys is the one who gets Tyrion out of King's Landing. Sure, Varys like. Gets Danny alive. Right, right. Varys like gets the dragons in Danny's hands. Varys like, you're in trouble. Varys gets you out of the trouble. And like, Varys is so self-sacrificing. He could be the most powerful person in the world. He chooses not to be. He uses all of his influence just to stop to stop war. That's his goal in life, you know. So he has the little birds, yeah. and then like he leaves King's Landing. <laughs> now they're little raptors, I guess. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's like, you know, people always talk about that. How many, you know, how many kids would, could you defeat? Yeah, you find that out. Yeah, Apparently, yeah, an old man. Them, if you give them knives. knives, not that many. Well, one faith militant who was trained as a knight can't do it either, right? So Lancel Lannister was a, he was a, 
was an actual squad. Wasn't he the one, the one who, who found the wildfire was the one who killed, who killed, uh, who killed Robert, right? Yeah. He, he was Robert's yeah, squire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then later, I guess, Cersei's Jamie replacement while Jamie right, was right. otherwise busy. <laughs> You're a Lannister. <laughs> we, we run it Targaryen style in this family. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun episode. But you have the door above it. Yeah, the door's the best, I think. I have it and the red wedding above the door. So here's the, the door is emotionally so resonant while giving you a lot of answers. Sure. This is not an emotionally resonant episode. Really? It's, it's an intellectually extremely satisfying episode. But like, the, the most emotional scene I had, I, I have is... Danny giving the hand of the hand of Danny the. giving the hand. Um, Arya killing killing uh, Walder. Nonsense. Here's my thing. I, I always step back for a second. How happy were you? Varys showing up in Dorne. How, how good happy, was that? How happy were you when Sansa set the dogs on Ramsay? Pretty happy. Like ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. All right. I just want to point something out to you. Under no circumstances is setting wild rabid animals on a helpless tied up man a noble thing to do right we just don't like ramsey okay cheering for i don't think you understand how my morality works ramsey is awful okay don't get me wrong but he's nowhere near the worst person on the show yes he is no we think of ramsey as being really really bad like we think of ramsey being heightenedly bad because he does particularly nasty things to characters whose names we know theon and sansa ramsey is the most objectively terrible person really he does nothing he does nothing because he thinks it's the right thing he does it things solely to please himself we are introduced to Jamie by his attempted murder of a ten-year-old yeah, yeah. child. I, I agree that Jamie is at his And I think off. Jamie is close to that top of the hero yeah, list, yeah, yeah. okay, but, which is but, really but, but problematic. Right? How many innocent ch- I'm not even talking about regular people. How many children has Arya killed by her own hand? Who are just in the wrong place at the wrong time? They were like, oh, aren't you? Like, before they can say Arya Stark, she's already gutted him and walks away. Arya is a remorseless killer, right? Sure. And my favorite character. But, but again, her... Children she kills. Yeah. It's a tough land. It's a tough world. <laughs> I, I, look, you just don't know their name, right? Like, Sansa is walking away from the situation she I'm had with Ramsay, and I'm, she's going to be a queen. Ra- Ramsay is was a sadist. Ramsay is not a nice person. He's awful. He's nowhere near the world. Oh, Becker, pick it up. Hey, John. What's going on? I'm good. I'm podcasting with Mike. Hey, John. Did, did you get my... Did you see my HSA number from the end of last year? <laughs> Catherine sent it to you. Sweet. Thanks. Heart. Did you understand the thing I put on the mailing list? Why you would appreciate that or no? They spelled effect wrong. Go look at the thing I put on the mailing list today. I'll call you later, John. <laughs> so, grammar Nazism and um, taxes was what I talked to John Got about. It. Did you not see the thing I put on the mailing list? Uh, yeah, I didn't click on the link. Yeah, they spelled effect wrong. Okay. Uh, but anyway, because John hates that stuff. You know, he they said, probably spelled it correctly. They just used it wrong. They used the wrong effect, yeah. yeah. So, 
Uh, so you think Ramsey's the worst? I think he's the worst. You, I think he's just he's just. Cersei has caused so much suffering. Cer- uh, actually, I would agree. Yeah, Cersei's probably the worst. But yeah, they're they're, they're, they're on par. They're on par. Uh, let me think for you. Think they're on par? Yeah. Ramsey. See, Ram- I mean, Cersei made a big push. I mean, she's she's like surging up the power rankings this week. Cersei's de- death list includes her own children, right? Hey, here's the thing. How about Olena Tyrell, right? I mean, as bad as we... We don't like Joffrey, right? He's awful. She initiated the assassination of her king, who was also a child. That's fine. Really? I mean, it's it's a, it's it's all on a scale. Like, it's still... Not, she's not as awful a person as Ramsay. She's still operating under some sort of code. She would easily... So, when, when they ordered the Tyrell army to come into to come into King's Landing, right? You, you just can't put her on the same... She would have ordered the, the slaughter of hundreds of innocent civilians in order to get her grandson out of the, uh, out of the, uh, whatever, the Sept of Baylor, right. right? I just... And Ramsey would that's order... That's unbelievable Ramsey would order the murder of those same civilians so he had fodder to whack off to. I don't think Ramsey is... I don't think Ramsey is as crazy of, like no regard for human life thing. I think he just likes to cause suffering. Yes. Right, so Ramsey, I don't think Ramsey's just like would kill a hundred people for no reason. He would just he would, take he a would. lot of time to hurt one person and not kill them and remind them repeatedly that he hurt them. Sure. Like, that, that's, I think, like, the end of the day, Theon and Sansa are going to have great lives, okay? And those are the people that he hurt the most, right, of that we've seen on screen versus, like, other characters who we don't even think about have ended hundreds of lives, right? Most of the things that Ramsey is responsible for are people dying. He's, like, actually in, like, a strategically justifiable position. For example, like, if he's leading a bat, I mean, he's just being a, a jerk to shoot to shoot Rickon on the back, right? But he did it to put the enemy general on yeah, that's, tilt. That's, that's different. Right? I mean, killing his own dad and then killing his, like, brother and stuff like that is, I mean, that's just classic Ramsey's, right? <laughs> he's just maintaining his, his ability to be Paramount Lord of the North, right? I can understand. Th- those are, like, completely... Like politically justifiable things from the perspective I'm just of, saying, of, every, of the show. Everyone does pretty horrible things. Not everyone. Everyone does pretty horrible. What has John ever done that was horrible? He killed his own friend to keep his cover. Almost, almost everyone has done horrible. I mean, it's it's. Gior Mormont has not done anything. Pretty horrible. common to do horrible. Things. Sam. It's not even his kid, and he's going to take care yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Tell everyone it's his kid, just so he can take care of it. But, yeah, Ram- Ramsey's just... Sansa, Ramsey's though, man. She, she killed her own dad. No one remembers that. Stupid. She's turned out to be awesome, though. I mean, that's one way of looking at it, right? Like, if she didn't put them in that position, maybe they don't have to do all these awesome things. Hey, mistakes were made. One in particular. <laughs> pretty. I mean, I think that Sansa has suffered pretty badly since yeah. then. I mean, she was, it was bad for her when she was under Joffrey. It was bad for her and, you know, obviously really bad for her under Ramsay. It seemed like she was having a pretty good time under Littlefinger for a while, you know, like wearing black and hanging out in the veil, pretending to be his bastard daughter. That guy's weird. Yeah. But he's real focused. I admire his focus, if not his methods. They've kind of downplayed his love of Caitlyn. Which he then no now it's Sansa. It's I understand. Him, it's all the same. I understand, but like they've they've downplayed that sort of element. Like in the books, that the the fact that he was just obsessed with Caitlyn, yeah, and then he then like 
place that onto Sansa. Well, so in the book, he thinks that he took her virginity, but it was actually Lisa, right? <laughs> right? Like he was just like, I hit that, and she's like, No, you didn't. And Lisa's like, Remember when we hit that? He's like, Damn it, wrong sister. <laughs> Like, Lisa's the sleepy-eyed version of her. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it looks like everyone's, like, in interesting positions. Like, I'm even... I'm even happy for Cersei, right? Knowing that she's going to have a horrible fall. Yeah. But, like, you know, she kind of, like, got all the stuff done that she needs to get done. What's really interesting to me is the scale of... The scale of the violence on the show. Like, any scene that, like, zombie Gregor Clegane is is in, you're like, oh, he's invincible. You can never beat him, right? Yeah. But then just, like, compare that to, like, look, what if he fought 1-1? Like, 1-1 one, one would just kill him easily, right? I mean, not if he had an arrow in his eye, but, like, 1-1 <laughs> one, one would probably easily defeat Zombie Gregor. Or what if he was in a sept that was on yeah, top of a big stash of, uh, of wildfire, wildfire. Right? Like, he'd probably die. Or, like, die again. <laughs> or, like, and then you're, like, you look at, like, the, the Battle of the Bastards. Well, we got no, we got no, uh, we got no hound. We got him last week. I'm sure he's gonna have plenty of screen time. He's probably gonna get reunited with Arya. They're gonna like lone wolf and cub around the countryside, kill a bunch of people they don't like. I mean think about that, right? They're both just like like killing people they don't like. And I think Hound might might turn good. Here's the other thing. What if Melisandre rides south and then takes over that faction that that um that uh Thoris of Mir is working on, right? They they met on the show, right? That's how she got the King's Blood from Gendry. Right. So, um, oh, what happened with Brienne? We haven't seen her in like two episodes. Right. So here's it. Battle of the Bastards, I thought was, people are like, oh, Battle of the Bastards and then Winds of Winter are going to be like the two episodes people like the best. And like, I thought Battle of the Bastards was kind of like a come down because it's no hard home. Right? Like, it's really good though. Yeah, like human, human battles, like horses against men. You're just like, yo, what if you're fighting hard home at a, like a huge scale, right? It's, there's just, except there's a million whites. You know, like, is that a big deal? But what if there's dragons on one side? The Night King army has no match for Drogon. Right? Three of them? They're going to burn down the entire Night King's army. Those guys are flammable. You don't know how the dragons react to winter. Here's the thing. You the, don't know how they react to winter. The Dothraki don't even have shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Did everyone bring gloves? No gloves? Oh, come on. I was thinking about this. Like, the Dothraki don't even have shirts. <laughs> the Unsullied barely have shirts. But. That's no. not high on the list of things they don't have. They're probably. They're like, shirts. You know, get. But she didn't bring the Second Sons, right? She had three armies. She had Second Sons. Dothraki and Unsullied. She has yeah. enough armies. I yeah. guess she has enough armies because she has Dorne and... Uh, yeah, and then she... Right, and then Varys is, is lining up Dorne and... Uh, and she already had the Greyjoys, right? And she's got dragons. So... I guess they didn't even have much of an army when her ancestors... They just had dragons, right? Yeah, it was yeah, just like... Yeah. A dude, his two sister wives, and then... And some nuclear weapons and two with dragons, wings. and then, like, they just picked up armies yeah. along the way. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fine, I guess. I feel like people line up right behind you when you're like, hey, by the way, dragons? Like, yeah. I'm telling you, there's no way John bends the knee to her. First of all, I think it's entirely possible that Drogon and company recognize John as a Targaryen king, and then they just defer to him. I think that's entirely possible. I also think it's entirely possible that, like, Arya or John, John, John's also a ward, right? Yeah. But Arya, John, or, or, um, or Brad just take the dragons from her. Like... <laughs> That's well... It's certainly within Bran's range. Sure. Right? right? 
Brandon can probably take all three dragons. And she has nothing to say about it. Like, thanks. Or, I mean, she obviously has more of an affinity for Drogon than the other yeah. dragons. You know how, like, the wolves sort of align themselves? Yeah. With different, what if the dragons then sort of, you know, someone gets one dragon, you know, so now you can have dragons facing off against each other. Oh, whoa. So you think, like, Drogon against Viserion or yeah, whatever? Yeah. Well, she's the best dragon, though. Yeah, well... Because they, they put the see, other ones into the stupid basement. Yeah, but you but could Drogon see, was out eating you, children. You could see the dragons sort of line up with someone that they have a warg affinity with. Well, Danny really softened on that point, right? Like she locked up all the dragons after Drogon ate that kid. Yeah. But now she's just like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Eat, Eat some up. children. Yeah. <laughs> Get <Whatever>. big. Whatever. <laughs> Drogon's so big now. Yeah. I'm really. How? What do we have to wait? Ten months now. Yeah. It's like next April. And it's not even going to be the whole final season, right? It's like six episodes and then seven episodes. Yeah, that's what they say. I'll tell you what. What if I hit you really hard in the head with a brick? We put you in a coma. You wake I would. Up there is, April. like, if I was single, yeah. I would opt for medical coma. You just, just, just <laughs> opt for medical coma to just wake up. It probably costs like $60,000. Yeah. I mean, Obamacare, right? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. David Marshall. I'm sorry, Mr. Marshall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why do you want a middle? <laughs> really don't want to wait around for Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, want I I am sure. See you again next June. <laughs> <laughs> Knicks aren't going to be anything to watch this season no, with Derrick Rose. No, oh, yeah. Mets. Uh, Mets are pretty. Mets, Mets were good last it. year. Yeah, right? they're still good this year. They might be in it. I don't know. That, that really muddies the water for me. See. See. Don't even know. And magic. Yeah. And this is exciting, this Grand Grand Prix champion thing. Yeah. It's so it's Reed, Seth Manfield, Saito, and It's a it's a it's a scrum of players really close. It's gonna it's basically gonna come down to like, the last two events. It's gonna come down to, yeah, it's gonna come down to those last couple events. It's gonna it's gonna basically be decided right before the the PT. So um, that green-white deck, the green-white ramp deck you like, I played it in two consecutive FNMs. Yeah, not doing well with it. First one, I went one and three. My win was in the 0-3 bracket. Yeah, nice. Okay. I stayed in. Very Chris Otwell of me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The second one, I went one, two, and one. And it was just like, my losses were all like, <laughs> really? You know, like, but, you know, there were still losses. You know, and then I had a draw in time that I probably would have won. I, did, I mean, like, obviously, like, leagues are a little different than F&M, but I did well in a couple leagues with it. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I played a lot of it on Mika. I thought it was good. Yeah. And, yeah. like, can't win in... Not being able... It's, like, different from not being able to win in the Grand Prix. Can't win in F&M is a... There's a, there's a mega standard event here in Hoboken on Wednesday. What's that, a mega standard event? I don't know, but I just got... I literally just got a text about it. Oh, well, should I go? Uh, to win a box of Eternal Masters. That's worth, like, a, a thousand million dollar, right? Right? Should I skip Movie Club and come to this mega standard? What, not, what time is it? Not, it's uh, 7 o'clock. If not, you should loan me your deck. I can make multiple decks. Okay. So we'll do this on 7 o'clock on a Wednesday. Yeah. Don't tell anyone if I skip Movie Club. Yeah, no one at Movie Club listens to the podcast, so we're Mr. fine. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> this might be might be too late for you guys to stop. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Um, so, so we'll be back good, in good, 10 months. In 10 months. So Brian's going to a medical coma. <laughs> uh, and then we'll talk about... What if you what if you accidentally like miss a week of me? Like you wake up like week two? Yeah. That's all right, I think. But what if what if your DVR didn't fire? Because you were in a coma, didn't even <sighs> set it. And then my like HBO Go thing lapsed or something. And you didn't pay your like cable bill. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I give up a year of my life for this? And then you'd be like, 
And the Knicks made the playoffs? <laughs> like, all <laughs> at once. Like Dirk Rose all MVP. At once. Hey, you got good players. Zinger's a good player. Yeah. And then, what's that, Derek, what's his name? Derek Williams? Well, he's, I, he, they already, they already. Just waived they, him? They, well, no, they didn't sign him. Like, it was like a one-year deal, so they didn't, they oh, didn't sign him. I thought he was good. I liked yeah, him. Yeah, I liked him too, but uh, they didn't sign him. They have a bunch of, like, players like that who are all, like, on the bubble of signing or going somewhere else. Like, apparently the Spurs, I think, are looking at Derek Williams right now. Or... So, what, who drafted Derek Williams? The Timberwolves, is that yeah, right? Yeah. The Cavs offered the Timberwolves four picks for the for the number two. So they were going to take Kyrie and Derek Williams second. Oh, wow. And the Timberwolves didn't bite. They offered, and So instead, the, including the fourth pick, which they used on Tristan Thompson. Yeah. And Tristan, he looked great. This, he looked, Tristan, he looked, Thompson, Tristan he Thompson is like... One of the ten best players in the league. I he think. looked great. And if if you extend the, the number ten to say 20, 25, yeah, he great. he's one of the ten best players in the he league. He looked great. Yeah, he's good. Well, here's the thing, with Bogut concussed or whatever happened to Bogut, right? He like they bought, like you know he got hurt falling yeah. down. Yeah. There was just nobody. It's the same. Remember I said last year when we were watching the finals, just like they have to play David Lee. The Cavs are destroying them on rebounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they just don't have rebounders. So like if you play if you play this lineup of four shooting guards, yeah. right? Like you're just gonna get destroyed on boards. That's the other team plays a forward, you know. Yeah, like, it, was, it was actually it was actually pretty bewildering to watch. Well, they don't have rotation guys. So they they waived David Lee. Yeah. And then they were only real re- I mean Draymond Green, right? Yeah. But like, they only have one of him on the floor, yeah. and their entire rest of the rotation is just a bunch of shooting guards. Yeah. And like you know Curry is just like a shooting guard that can dribble. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes pass behind his back, but not always. He can always pass behind his back. It's just yeah, no, where the ball ends up is the. Have you seen the? Have you seen the gif of that where it's the one that he throws away the trophy, trophy or the one that he throws away the Under Armour shoe? Because those <laughs> shoes have not been selling as far as, as far as I can tell. The shoe comes out, he's like, I got the new shoe, versus like the LeBron and Kyrie shoes apparently are selling fine. Yeah. So. All right. All right. So. We'll do another one of these probably next week. Maybe on Wednesday. Maybe on Wednesday. Maybe. And probably some more cards to talk about, too. Yeah, that'll be fun. All right. Uh, so, yeah, for Michael J. Flores, this is Brian David Marshall, Top 8 Magic in lovely, kind of quiet Hoboken. And it didn't rain on us. Yeah, it didn't rain. No no birds. No jackhammers, just birds. All right. Well, there was some wind that probably destroyed the audio quality, so people will feel at home. Yeah. Okay, good. Good, <laughs> All good, right. good. I was worried. Bye.